Between Two Friends with Brett Trembley is a podcast for entrepreneurs about current issues, topics, advice pertaining to their industry, and more times than not, life in general. In this episode, our guest is John Risby. Hey everyone, Brett Trembley back with another episode of Between Two Friends. And today I have just a really straightforward, honest guest, John Risby, a.k.a the patent professor. John has been able to build up a really cool and authentic patent law firm here in South Florida. And so I'm just really excited to speak with him today. So John, please tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, I mean, I started out in a very formal New York City patent law firm. It was a law firm of Fish and Neve. Uh, They represented Thomas Edison with the invention of the light bulb, Henry Ford, Alexander Graham Bell. Uh, we had to wear uh, our jackets in the hallways as associates when you're going from one office to the next. I mean, they're really formal. Today, I'm I'm, I'm dressed up more for uh, for your purposes because this is a. <laughs> but normally at the office, I mean, I've gone with like splashy red colors. My conference room chairs are gaming chairs with red on them, uh, and I get to be myself, and I I just love it. My clients are inventors; they're creative people. And, uh, and those are the types of clients I want to attract. And I think that's why it works for you. But, uh, you know, really, if, if people find out who they are, it should work for them as well. I think the beauty of, of being authentic is not just that you attract who uh, people that are part of your tribe, that mesh with you, that share your values, but then you end up repelling people that don't fit that you know, that, that mold, they're not, they don't view the world the way you do. Um, I mean, in my firm, I'm a huge proponent of, uh, the small startup, the individual inventors. Even if you look today at, at Amazon started by Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg for Facebook and Michael Dell for Dell computers, like almost every large iconic brand company begins with an individual with the idea, but it's hard to find, uh, patent attorneys that still view things that way. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, snobbishness in our field. And, you know, a lot of patent attorneys want, have this corporate outlook where they want to work for IBM and file patents for them. And they don't realize that what they look at as these huge multinational corporations started by creative individuals. So uh, if they don't mesh with that viewpoint that I have, and they're not looking at the individual inventor or the small startup is something they're passionate about. I would rather they go find a corporate job at in-house somewhere or at a large oh. stuffy law firm. They would be happier and my clients would be better served by attorneys that believe in them. Not just the attorneys. So the best run businesses and the best run brands are, are authentic from start to finish, not just in their marketing, but in the entire experience. So it, it, you know, look, the, the patent professor, it, it's quirky, right? Let, let's be honest. It's, it's not, a, it's not a, a stuffy, you know, law firm or, or, or law type, type setting. It's very different. It's very quirky. That means that the people that are at the front desk should, should have the same kind of feel, right? The colors, you mentioned the red. In right. the chairs. Everything about the look, the feel of the people, the hallways, the conference rooms, the online marketing should be consistent with that. And I think that's what you've been pretty successful at. Also, John, your, your uh, law firm was named to the Inc. 5000, one of the fastest uh, 5,000 growing businesses in the United States, as was ours this year in 2020. So 
I'm I'm pretty sure it were two, the only two, if maybe a, a third, a law firm in South Florida to make that you know that distinction. So congratulations to you. Yeah, no, same to you. It's um like an amazing feeling. It's uh you know of course, but I mean it's amazing for the team. Like it's like validation that we are doing something right. It's we're helping people. Uh, we're making a difference, and uh, and to have some good news in the midst of this pandemic, I mean, that's that's amazing. So yeah. congrats to to you and your firm. Thank you so much. That that's a great way to put it. All the the vision that I sold all of my 18 players of what we were going to do when we all, you know, went full speed ahead and turned this firm into something cool. A lot of validation there for for the vision that I had been selling for a long time. So very cool. Absolutely. Tell me, you mu you must work with some some pretty wild inventors. I do. I mean, and they they relate to that. Remember, when you're inventing, uh, whether it's like the Wright brothers with the airplane. I mean, there was no airline industry at the time they came up with their invention. Uh, they're thinking outside the box. They're changing entire industries, and they have no roadmap to follow. I mean, I had a virtual summit last week. And I had the inventor of the original selfie stick uh, that I had interviewed. He didn't. He hates the term selfie stick because to him it seems really egotistical. And he said, "I didn't invent this for people to take pictures of themselves. Like that was not my intended purpose. It was for a family is out together, and they don't want to leave the photographer out. So if mom or dad are not in the picture, it's hard to get a good picture. And if they." You can you look for that stranger that you think is going to be a good photographer that happens to walk by. They're in a rush, and you beg, you know, thirty seconds of their time to take a picture. He thought there was a better way, uh, and that's what he thought he was inventing. Most of the use of his product was for people taking their own pictures. But that's anyway, that's that's what you know. It's a new industry, so he doesn't know. Nobody knows what the product is for. In fact, even after it was launched, he was tired of going to stores and they would go in the back and it's under on the bottom of some shelf and nobody was buying it because uh, nobody understood it. So he had to teach them, listen, open this thing up and display it and show people how to use it. And he said the first time he did that, they, the store sold three units while he was right there in the store because it's not the type of product that's sold on in, when it's packaged and people yeah. don't see. So. That that that's a fun story. Um, hopefully, he still gets royalties. I mean, if he took the time to get a patent, and that means he was ahead of the curve. No one stole his idea. You know, all the nasty things that you know can happen when you when you sit on your thumbs or don't take action or when you talk too much and 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 your idea gets out. So yep. he hopefully. had he has over a a million dollars of say of uh, of revenues, like individual income, just from that idea. So, awesome. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's just. He protected wow. it properly. He moved quickly. It turned out to not probably not take off until it was called the selfie stick because there's the alliteration. It makes sense. And and selfies took off. And it's kind of like you can't tell the market, you know, what, what it really wants all the time. Sometimes the market will will, will tell you and, and change your idea. Um, it's funny you say that Volkswagen had uh, this, this. The rumor has it that they hated the name the bug like they didn't want their vehicle referred to as a bug i mean but you know it's what <laughs> whatever your customers want to call it that you can't fight that if they want to call it a selfie stick and that helps it take off um it's funny i do trademark law as well and this is you know a, a product the post-it notes a billion dollars of of sales for removable glue on paper 
but I did. I challenge you right now to come up with another name for this than the trademark post-it. Like, what else would you know? You, if you go into Office Depot and want one of these, uh, it's tough to ask for it without using their uh, registered trademark because there's few other ways to right. refer to it. You would say yellow removable sticky note. That's the the beauty of, of branding. And I think if you take branding, a lot of attorneys don't, you know, even trademark attorneys, they're branding their clients, but they don't take any time to brand themselves and their, their, their firm, their name, their logo. Uh, as you said, colors, like all of these things create a certain look mm -hmm. and feel to a firm. Uh, I'm a, a huge proponent of that. I follow that myself and it's only going to be authentic if it's, if it's you, it's hard to create a brand and it's tiresome to do it. If it doesn't match with uh, how, yeah. with how you feel. That's right. It'll sap your energy if it's not you. So competitive people can come in all, all, all shapes and sizes. And you got, you got a rejection letter that I think you framed you know, early on in your career. So tell that story real quick, if you don't Yeah, mind. so, uh, you know, what I, I wanted to be a, a patent attorney, but not, um, not just any patent attorney. I wanted to work at this, the law firm of Fish and Eve. And I was told, you know, like John, I went to University of Miami that, that Fish and Eve only hires from Harvard or in Yale. And if you haven't done a summer internship, you don't have a chance. So I ignored the placement director and <laughs> excitedly I, I mailed in my application but I got back this rejection letter and it, it stung hard. It was a, a, a rejection from Fish and Eve. And I called Miss Rogan, the person that had written this rejection letter. And I reminded her that her law firm's claim to fame is the representation of the Wright brothers, like two bicycle mechanics that created the airplane. And yet they're going to judge me for having not done a summer internship. And uh, uh, she said, you know, Mr. Isby, like hiring committee decisions are final and I don't understand what your point is. And my point, and I told, and I remember my hair stood up on the back of my neck. I can still, it's like it happened yesterday. I said, my point is that your firm uh, has misjudged me and they need to look at my application again and then click. I was young, I was nervous. Uh, five days later, I got another letter from the firm. I thought it was, uh, uh, I thought I was being sued, <laughs> quite honestly. I thought I was like, oh my God, what's, what did I do wrong? But it was the <clears throat> law firm of Fish and Eve inviting me to come join them in New York City. And I, I tell that story to my clients, to inventors, and I have it framed at the, the, the front wall of my office uh, alongside with the rejection. And it's five, you know, five days later between that first letter and the second letter. But what would have happened had I not, uh, you know, my career would have been completely different had I not just taken the, had the courage to call up and fight for what I thought was a wrong decision on their part. Let me, I'll tell you a story real quick that I unintentionally, I don't think I've told this story publicly before. So um, I got an, uh, a letter from uh, when I was finishing undergrad um, from the oh. University of Miami, they had a, a position open for grad students to, to get a really nice scholarship deal. And I hadn't applied to University of Miami. So this is already March. And I'm like, oh man. So I start looking at the school. I had known a little bit about it, but I'm from, I'm from New Mexico, right? So speaking of early, early sort of starters of companies, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Amazon, but let's not forget Bill Gates started out of a garage in Albuquerque. So shout out to, uh, you know, back, back to where I'm from. So I apply, I throw everything together and I apply on the last day 
to University of Miami and I'm like, I, I'm sure I'll get in. And I got back a rejection letter. And I, I swear, John, I guess just the way that some people think, right? And it sounds like you and I are built of the same cloth. I, I walked, I was student body president at the time. So I had a, an office right on campus, like right in the middle of campus. I got the letter and I wasn't like sad. I was like incredulous. Like what, what? No, this is not possible. So I pick up the phone. I, I, didn't, I didn't even have ever have a second. I just pick up the phone. I call the number on it and I just started kind of laying into whoever answered. I'm like, like what how is this possible you know like there's no way based on the qualifications that i don't get in and i start spouting my resume and my grades and scores and i'm i'm just like how i think i was i was like probably going to be crushed by the rejection and there's a pause on the other end and then she said well if if i if i admit you do you promise that you'll come to school here and i'm like that's all they cared about because law schools are graded on so many different things. But one of the big ones is the ratio of how many people apply and are accepted to how many people wow. actually enroll. And I guess, cause I applied so late, they thought, well, this guy's not serious. And I said, I absolutely will go there. And boom, I was in my life, John. I mean, I've been here since 2005. Imagine all the things you know about me and all the programs that we're in together and all the people, I mean, talk about the butterfly effect. Nothing of my current reality would, would be the same. And I, I just a weird feeling to think if if I hadn't have actually got into University of Miami for law school. So anyway, um, there you go. You and I have a very similar story. And I don't know how many people listen to these things, right? But um, don't take no for an answer. Why? Just 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 create your own future. You know, I think it's easier than people think. I mean, and if you don't like that's that's regrets the hardest thing to live with is uh you know what if i would have done that what if i would have called what if i would have uh, like same thing the hardest part in my practice in my office uh you know the law underwent a single ma major change in patent law in this century is that in 2013 the u.s moved to a first to file system so today whoever files first owns the idea it doesn't matter if they invented first if they don't file they're out of luck i would much prefer the feeling of being rejected than the feeling of regret because the things that i haven't gone after in life sometimes you like you wake up and you're and you just get this random memory of something you didn't go after and it, it puts that pit in my stomach like why was right. i so such a wimp um on different things right we, we all have things we've gone after and things we regret so so listen um I saw a picture on Facebook. I guess you have a baby goat. So tell me why on earth you have a, a, a goat as a pet. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh my God. I mean, it's first of all, um, uh, my, my daughter, when you're in South Florida, so I don't know if you're, you know, um, uh, gosh, a farm, like it's a, it's a drive through animal park. Oh, um, Lion, Lion Country Safari. Oh, I've heard so, of it. Yeah, so we went there several times as when my daughter was young, and she didn't care about the rest of it at all. She was just waiting till the end. <laughs> they have the petting zoo, and she was just there, and she just fall in love with the goats, and 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 just that was it. That was her thing. Like the goats was was what she loved. She was six, so at the time, so at the end, she's always crying like, "Let's get a goat, let's get a goat." And of course, my wife and I just thought she would grow out of it, and uh, and we. But it, it just didn't stop. And every couple of years, then she's eight, then she's nine, then she's 10. My wife's a dentist. She has her practice. I have my law practice. The last thing we need is a, is a goat. 
but but she was on board. She said, you know what, 11 is not that far from, you know, how long is she going to be with us? Let's go for it. And it's, uh, the decision was the easy part. The hard part was getting advice. Like nobody has, well, you're in South Florida. This is not a rural country environment where you can even find anybody to get advice from. But we have to find out about fencing, about, you know, like, like whether there's permits involved and whether the neighborhood would allow it. it was, it's been a, a long journey. It wasn't until I took, uh, I'm part of, uh, like we both are part of how to manage uh, a law firm. And uh, Nicole's uh, business planning workshop. This has nothing to do with business planning, but they had this this worksheet on a goal you want to achieve and certain milestones. And instead of setting, uh, it, it was a workshop, but instead of a business uh, a goal, I put getting a goat for my daughter. And then it was like, what's the first step? What's the second step? Put a timeline next to it. And I followed that. Um, and then without you know, without fail, it was within three months after that, that we got all the steps in order and got two baby, uh, twin boy goat. Oh, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, um, your daughter has her, her essay letter, right. To get into college, right. Talking about all these years of wanting a goat and make it happen, makes it happen. And then she can be in, in personal development consulting, right. Where she motivates people on her tagline, <laughs> just go for it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. It's all it's all laid out for her, thanks to you and your wife. Take take that. That's right. I, I mean, think think about it. Like you said, it happened from a business plan, um, and now now we're geeking out on business stuff. But because you put it down on paper and you made a plan for it, you figured it out, and that's a cool story for for your for your daughter too. Because think about think about what what she can probably do with that story and, and how to motivate people. It seems funny, like hiring consult. like believe it or not, there are consultants for people that want goats. <laughs> so, your, you know. your daughter's going to be, that's going to be a side hustle for her someday. She's going to get yeah. seven streams of income. One of hers is going to be goat consulting. So we, we hired a goat consultant because I could figure this out. And like, and there's, you know, the, the business, uh, I guess, lesson behind this is, uh, and this is tough for engineer, like for myself as an engineer, uh, it's tough on the ego to say, I don't want, you know, I'm not going to figure this out. I'm going to hire somebody. Yeah. Uh, but then the mindset you have to have is you're not paying somebody because they're smarter than you. You're paying them because they've done it before. And, uh, you know, that's why the second time you assemble something at Ikea, it's way easier. You're, you didn't get any smarter. You just know how to do it the second time. I think, I think you need a father of the year nomination and here's why, right? There's so many kids. Like I used to beg for a monkey growing up, beg. I wanted a monkey. And when I, when I, you know, and it never went away. I used to always ask for a monkey and my parents never came through. Right. My wife used to beg for a pig. She wanted a pig. Her parents would fight her. She never got a pig and you made it happen for your daughter because you saw the bigger vision taking us back to why you've been very successful as the patent professor. And uh, so wi winding this up, everybody that wants to work with an authentic patents expert, tell us, you know, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and kind of what the process is. I know a lot of people have questions and you have a lot of good information out there on whether you should, you should seek a patent, et cetera. Right. Um, so the best way is my website is the patent professor dot com the patent professor.com i have a, a youtube channel where i uh not only post like important notes and tips for about patenting 
but that's where you'll see a lot of my personality and my firm's personality come out. Like anytime our clients win a patent um, or we win a patent for them, uh, for their invention, like before this pandemic, we'd invite them to the office. The entire office would clap down the halls. We'd ring a bell. We have this whole thing for them and that's on videos. Uh, we now are trying to recreate that by Zoom, but to be honest, it, it doesn't have the same, uh, anywhere close to the same impact uh, but go to our YouTube channel, um, Instagram, Facebook, we're everywhere as the patent professor. John, I had a lot of fun with you as always. I mean, it feels like, you know, time always flies by when I chat with you because it's, it, it's never short of being very interesting. So thank you for your time. John, my friend, keep up, keep up all the good work. Nice chatting with you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.